Good to see you guys. Good morning, good morning. Glad you're here. Hope you're doing okay. It is that time of year, y'all, where things are starting to get scary. And I don't just mean the dust storm last night. All in our neighborhood, there's all kinds of Halloween decorations going up. We got cobwebs, spider webs, skeletons, dead things in yards. I mean, my, my neighbors are crazy, man. They go all out. Christmas, nothing. Halloween, it's crazy town. So they're in. Now, we don't really do the scary stuff at our family. We do, like, we do, we do the pumpkins. We paint pumpkins, and we'll, we'll dress up. But, but we don't really like the scary stuff. But I know some people are really into the scary stuff. How many of you are excited about haunted houses? Any haunted house people? All right, all right. I saw this on social media. I thought it was pretty funny. This guy says, why would I pay for a haunted house when I can wake up to my kids silently standing by my bed at 3 a.m.? Any of you ever had this moment where you like open your eyes and your kid's just standing there expressionless? They didn't say anything. They're just breathing like a character out of The Shining or something. And you're like, man, are you, what's happening right now? You know, this is when you pray like, God, I pray my child's okay. You know, watch over them, because that was very, very, very scary. Anyway, this, it's, a, it's a time where things get a little scary. And sometimes, you know, fear can be fun. Uh, sometimes it can be um, good for us, because fear is like a warning of things that could be dangerous for us in our lives. But a lot of times, I think fear kind of creeps into our lives, and, and it keeps us back from really becoming all that God would desire for us to be. It's easy for us to fear that the worst is on the way or to fear that, that we'll never be enough. We, we fear for our kids and our future and the economy and global affairs and you know, things that are outside of our control. We, we, we face all kinds of... I mean, look, I've been fearing that if I watch the Dallas Cowboys play that I will jinx them because after the first game this year, they played so terrible. I'm like, you're dead to me. I'm done. I'm not watching this year. I'm out. And then they won four games in a row. I'm like, okay, awesome. So they played the Eagles last week. Do I watch? So I watched and we lost. So what do I do with that? You know, now I'm like, oh man, I don't want to mess it up. I know it's irrational. I know it's crazy, but every sports fan will tell you, this is what we do. This is what we do. We all have our fears. Fear often says to stop when God says to go. Fear often says that there's no way when God says, I will make a way. Fear says doubt when God says trust. Fear says, look, give up when God says step up. Fear says it will never work out when God says, I am already at work. And let me ask you, what if the big thing God wants to do in your life today is on the other side of fear? What if the big thing God wants to do in your life and in mine is on the other side of fear? So I want to talk about how we can push back on some of our fears and expand our faith. We've been in this teaching series called Jesus Loves. Last week, we kicked it off, Jesus Loves Me in My Mess. We began with Jesus' most famous story, the story of the prodigal son. We talked about how God loves us even in the messiness of our life. Today, I want to look at um, a story that will really inspire us to grow our faith. And I want to talk about how Jesus loves me despite my fears, despite my fears. And we all have 
our fears. Now, let me just set it up. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 14 and this amazing story where Jesus um, kind of, he sends his disciples to head off across this lake. And it says he pulls back and he spends some time alone in prayer. It's what he often does. And after he prays for a little while, this is what we read as, as uh, the night turns into the early hours of the next morning. Matthew chapter 14, beginning verse 24. It says, meanwhile, the, help me out when we get to the red word. Meanwhile, the disciples were in what? Trouble. They were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and there were, uh, they were fighting heavy waves. At about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. So the disciples are wigging out, man. This is, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Jesus walking on water and you sort of like saw it, like he's kind of going out. It's a chill day. You know, the sun's shining, the birds are chirping. It's like, yo, man, I walk on water. Check me out. No, no, this is three in the morning. The winds and waves are crazy and they think it's a ghost. This is more like a haunted house. And they are scared out of their minds. They need to call Ghostbusters or something. They're not sure what's going to happen in this moment. Jesus comes to them. They're tired, they're exhausted, and they're worn out. But I want you to remember this. Jesus sent them into the storm. Jesus actually told them, go, you guys go, head this way. And they went right into the storm. And it just reminds us today, look, if God sends you to it, he will see you through it. So let me talk about some fears those disciples had to face. The first fear would be this. The worst is on the way. <laughs> the worst is on the way. Anybody pretty good at uh, worst case scenarios in your, in your imagination? I mean, I'm a pro at this. Like this last week, I got a letter from the water authority that it said, final warning, you have a continual water leak on your property, which, by the way, I never got a preliminary warning that I'm aware of, but it just felt so ominous, like final warning. And the last time I got a letter like this, I had an issue where I had to literally replace the main water line that went from my house out to the street. And it was a big, hairy you know, expensive ordeal, right? So I get this letter, y'all, and I immediately go to the worst case scenario. I mean, I'm standing in my kitchen and I imagine that water is seeping under the foundation of my kitchen as I'm standing there. I'm seeing crews coming in, trenching out our living room, trenching out the kitchen. And then I'm hearing them like, we can't find it. You know, so they're trenching through the, it's crap. I'm moving in with my in-laws before it's all said and done, which that's Halloween at a whole other level. Look, I'm just telling you, it, it got crazy fast in my mind because I went to worst case scenario, right? Like, like that's just where we go. Turns out, you know what it was? It was just a little flapper on a toilet seat that had gotten, I mean, it was like a couple bucks, no problem. But I lost years off my life from worrying about what this could be. It's easy to imagine the worst case scenario to look out and think, you know what, I'll never be in a relationship with, with somebody that, that, that I can love and grow with, or, or I'll never be able to get out of debt, or we'll never have a home, or, or you know, we'll, I'll never succeed, my job will never be different, the Cowboys will never win a Super Bowl again until I die. It's easy to kind of go there, you know? And just start imagining worst case scenarios. And I think it would have been a temptation for the disciples as well. They're out there. It's three in the morning, y'all. They're exhausted. They're worn out. They've been fighting this crazy storm. They can't get across the lake. They aren't sure what's going on. And then Jesus shows up, looks like a ghost. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 27. It says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. 
Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am what? I am here. It is the presence of Jesus in the midst of the storm that brings comfort. He says, I am here with you. The number one promise of the Bible is that God will be with you. Look, if he doesn't stop the storm, he can meet you in the storm. If he doesn't prevent the battle, he can stand with you in the battle. If he doesn't provide the physical healing, he can guide you through the struggle. Trouble doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. Darkness doesn't mean that God has turned his back on you. Some of you right now, you're in the midst of a hardship and a difficult time. You're in a storm and you're wondering like, hey, what do I do, man? God, what do I got to do? Did you turn your back on me? Have I like, are you, are you holding that thing over my head that I did in high school? Like what's happening? You know, like, like why are you not intervening in my life? But don't miss this. The disciples were in the middle of a storm, and they were right in the middle of God's will. Somebody's in a storm right now, and you need to hear this. You may be right in the middle of God's will for your life. You may be right in the middle of God's will for your life. They're in a storm. It's dark, but God is going to use that to show exactly who he is. Listen, Somebody today needs to hear the words of Jesus that he spoke from walking on the water in the midst of that storm. Somebody today has a child that is rebelling and going their own way, and I want you to hear this. I believe the words of Jesus for you today are these words. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Jesus, is, it's his presence that will get you through. Somebody today's lost somebody and you're not sure if you can go on and if you can live without them. And I believe Jesus' word for you today is this. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Somebody under the sound of my voice is in the middle of a health crisis. And in the middle of that, you feel so scared and so helpless. And Jesus is saying to you today, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. It is his presence that will see you through the storm and see me through the storm. Somebody today has debt that feels absolutely overwhelming and you're not sure how you're going to move forward. And Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Somebody's wrestling with anxiety and depression. And Jesus is saying to you today, don't be afraid, but take courage. I am here. Listen, he sees you. He's moving. He's working. And if he led you to it, he will see you through it. And my faith tells me that the worst is not on the way, but instead the best is yet to come. That no matter what happens to me in this life, if it's not in this life, it's in the life to come. God will fulfill every one of his promises to me, and I can hang on to that in my life. Perfect love, 1 John 4, 18. Bible says perfect love casts out fear. And when you realize how God loves you perfectly, it helps push out the fear in your life. Here's another fear the disciples would have had, and that is that my best won't be enough. <laughs> my best won't be enough. I see on social media all these different challenges. People do like photo a day in May or no shave November. <laughs> I won't be doing that. Um, but I saw this one recently. I thought it was pretty funny. This person says, the challenge I'm doing this month is called October. And it's where I just try to get through every day of October. Anybody relate to that? Like, 
I don't need a social media challenge. I'm just trying to survive, people, you know, like just trying to get through October. Look, it's easy to look at our lives and feel like I'm not sure I have enough, right? I don't know if I have enough of what it takes to raise this kid on my own or if I have enough of what it takes to meet these obligations on my own. If I, if I have enough of what it takes to, to handle what God is calling me to do or what my work is calling me to do, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And I think the disciples were at a place at three in the morning where they're exhausted and they're worn out and they're at the end of themselves and they can't do it on their own. And this is what we read. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 28. Then Peter called out to him, to Jesus. He said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and what? Walked on the water toward Jesus. Now, I want you to notice this. Um, this isn't just foolishness. Like, it's not like Peter just jumped over the edge and was like, dude, I'm like you. You notice what he does. He says, Jesus, if it's really you, and you know, it could be translated this way. Command me to come to you. That's smart. You command me to come to you, and then I'll get out of the boat and I'll do it. That's the difference between faith and just foolishness, right? And Jesus says, yes, come. And so he's like, all right. So, you know, he gets out of the boat and he walks on water. Two people walked on water that day, Jesus and Peter. And uh, it's remarkable, but they weren't in the best of circumstances. In many ways, they were in the worst of circumstances. Listen, some of you here today, you're praying that God will stop the storm. But what if he wants to do a miracle in your life in the storm, right? What if Jesus wants to do his best work in your worst moment? For that, you got to push back on the fear with faith. And you got to be willing to step out of the boat. I want you to imagine the boat in your life as anything where you find safety and security apart from God. And I don't know what that could be. It could be a relationship. Maybe you have a relationship, somebody you're dating, and, and you just know, like, this relationship isn't really long-term. I probably should break it off. I sense God's leading me to do this, but it's comfortable. You know, you've been in it for a while, and in some ways, it just kind of becomes your boat, you know? It could be like, um, it could be an addiction in your life, something you know you need to give up, and you sense like Jesus is calling you to surrender that and to give up, but you're afraid because you don't even know how to live on the other side of this whole thing that you've gotten kind of wrapped up in in your life, and so you, you stay in it, in the boat, even though Jesus is calling you out of the boat because of fear and all kinds of other things, it's your boat. It could be success. It could be sharing your faith with a family member or a friend. You just sense God's calling you to do it, but you don't want to be that guy or that girl. You don't want to be that person. Sometimes the hardest person to share your faith with is, are the people that are closest to you, your parents, your family, your friends, right? And so you stay in the boat, even though you sense Jesus is calling you out. It could be finances in your life. It could be success. It could be any number of things. And Peter models for us that if we will just say, Lord, command me, lead me, and I will go, then we can push back on that fear and step out of the boat. And if we do, we're going to find that God will meet us there. We're not enough for the wind and the waves in ourselves, but God is more than enough. And if we will have the faith to step, that's where you're going to live the adventure of God moving and working and transforming your heart and your life. And I know it's scary. I know it's, I know you can be afraid. Listen, just, it's risky, but just living is risky. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of people every year that fall out of bed and injure themselves and have to go to the emergency room. Just laying in bed is a risk. 
But I want to suggest that if you're willing to step out and move towards Jesus in faith, then you will experience him doing something in your life. And you will experience the ability to do something you could never simply do on your own, the ability to operate in a way that is more supernatural. This is what Peter experienced. He steps out, he moves towards Jesus. I think here's what you'll find, that when you're lost, God will give you light. And when you're weak, he will give you strength. And when you're confused, he's gonna give you wisdom. And when you're conflicted, he's gonna give you peace. When you're overwhelmed, he's gonna give you help. When you're attacked, he'll be your defender. When you're depleted, he's gonna be your inspiration. Jesus can supply all that you need but you step out and supply the faith I'm going to trust you God I'm going to follow you God sent you to it he can see you through it here's a third fear that we face in our lives Peter would have faced this fear and that is that that failure is final that failure is final so here's Peter he gets out of the boat he's walking on the water that'd be cool right I mean, pretty awesome, you know, like big waves and all this. And you're like, dude, check me out. Mom, you know, I'm out here, man. I'm on the water. Amazing. And then here's what we read. Matthew chapter 14, beginning of verse 30, it says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, <laughs> he was terrified and he began to what? To sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And I think sometimes people kind of gang up on Peter here. It's like, oh man, he just didn't have enough faith. You know, he should have more faith. But I just want to acknowledge that there are a whole bunch of disciples in the boat that never got out, right? You know, they're not saying, Lord, command me and I'll come to you. They're like, we're good. This is cool. We're just fine right here. You know, so it's easy to like gang up on Peter, but Peter had guts. He had, he had the, the, you know, the mojo to like lean in and get out and, and step out in faith. And if you step out in faith, it's inevitable. You and I, we're going to have failures. We're going to have moments where we sink. And he says, Jesus, save me. And Jesus does save him. And that's faith as well. And so a lot of times we just fear that our failures will be final, that we can't make mistakes, that the only way to success is up. But listen, the way you get to success in pretty much every area of your life is you start out really bad at something and you keep failing and getting better until eventually you get good and start climbing and making a difference, right? Like, like this is just life. And so he cries out for Jesus to move in his life and he does. Now, did you notice that the issue with Peter was he took his eyes off of Jesus, right? And he began to look, it says, at the wind and the waves. And that's the temptation for all of us, isn't it? We start looking at the storm. We look at the wind and the waves. We look at all the crazy going on around us. And then we get terrified. It was Max Licato who said, if you feed your faith, you will starve your fears. But a lot of times we feed our fears. And then you know what happens? We starve our faith. I mean, if you're looking on social media, that's, that's, that's probably going to feed your fears. If you're watching the news, I promise you that's going to feed your fears. You know, if you're just hanging around the gossip at the water cooler at work, it's probably going to feed your fears. What are you doing to feed your faith? Because if you feed your faith, you will start to starve your 
fears. And you got to step out of that boat and then you got to look to Jesus and keep your eyes on him even in the midst of the storm. Listen, don't look to the haters who may criticize the decisions you're making. Look to Jesus and follow him. Don't look to those who would like to pull you down and, and destroy you. Look to Jesus and follow him. Don't look to those who, you know, who maybe don't want to see you do well or improve yourself. Look to Jesus and follow him. Put your eyes on him. Don't take your eyes off of him. And that's what we're trying to do as a church, friends. Like, like if you're asked, if you rolled into this church today and you're like, oh, what is this place? I don't know. And you're like, what do they believe? I don't know. Look, look we just want to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Just Jesus. That's all we're trying to do here. Look. And if, you're, if you were here last week and you're like, didn't we talk about Jesus last week? Yeah, you know, and then here we are again the next week. We're talking about Jesus. And some of you are wondering, like, what are we going to talk about next week? Jesus, what are we going to talk about the week after that? Jesus, what are we going to talk about the week after that? Jesus, like, like, that's just who we focus. That's who we look to, right? People are like, man, you need some new material, bro. Look, I don't come up with the material. I just feel like my job is to deliver the mail. God's got the message. God sent the gift. I just get to deliver the mail, right? So we want to focus on on Jesus and look to him. That's why I don't talk about politics. I don't jump into all the debates and fights. of the. I just focus on Jesus because he's bigger. And ultimately, if we focus on him, I believe God can accomplish through us what he desires to accomplish. Only Jesus. And then we see this, Matthew chapter 14, beginning of verse 32. It says, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Let me just pause right there and say a word to those of you in the middle of a storm. Eventually, the storm will stop. Eventually, this too will pass. No matter how dark it is, eventually, the dawn will come. They get back into the boat. The wind stopped. And then the disciples, what did they do? They worshiped him. And look at what they said. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. You know what the storm gave the disciples? A bigger vision of Jesus. A bigger vision of who God is. None of us like to go through the storm. I don't want to go through the storm. (laughs) But I do believe the storm can give us perspective. The storm can give us a bigger vision of who God is. The storm can remind us that he lives and moves and works in and through and around us in all seasons of our life. And so it says they got back in the boat and they worshiped him. How do you get through a storm? You worship him. How do you, how do you face the difficulty? You worship him. How do you come through on the other side? You worship him. How do you kind of get through all the junk you're going through? You worship him. You worship him before, during, and after. You worship him to get through, and you keep worshiping him when you're on the other side. In fact, look, look, just work with me here. Look, if God has seen you through some storms in your life, I want to ask you right now, will you just put your hands together, and will you make some noise and will you give him glory listen if God has seen you through anxiety and depression put your hands together and make some noise if he's seen you through addiction in your life put some hands together and make some noise if he's seen you through relational drama and breakdown put your hands together and make some noise if he's seen you through divorce and pain and loss put your hands together and make some noise if he's seen you through heartbreak put your hands together and make some noise worship Worship. 
And you know what all that means? It means you're going to be okay. Because he saw you through that storm. And he can see you through this one. And he can see you through the one that is yet to come. Just because you face a storm, you might be right in the middle of God's will in your life. But he can enlarge your vision of who he is. And he can see you through it just as he saw you through it in the past. Somebody today is saying, I have no idea how to get my life back on track and, and how to move forward. But listen, God, God can see you through it. Somebody's saying, look, look, I, I don't know how I'm going to get untangled from this situation, but, but God will see you through it. You say, I don't know how I'm going to get out of the financial hole I'm in. God will see you through it. I can't see a way out of this dark place that I'm in. I have no idea how to get through next week or next month or next year, but God will see you through it. And when he does, your faith will be stronger and you'll be the one worshiping and giving glory. You know, Peter would go on to do amazing things for God. God used this moment to stretch his faith. And he can do the same in our lives. Life can be scary. But when you fear that the worst is on the way, remember Jesus' words. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. It is his presence that can see us through the difficulty. And when you fear that your best won't be enough, remember that he's the one who can make you strong, that you don't have to do it in your own strength and power. God can do his best work even in your worst moment. And when you fear that failure is final, remember that he's a God of second chances who can move and work in your life, who can literally save and restore and rescue. Jesus loves you despite your fears. And if God led you to it, he will see you through it. If you're here today and you've never crossed the line of faith, I want to give you an opportunity to just reach out to God and trust him in your life. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Just you know, follow along with me out loud or in your own heart and mind. I just believe God knows. And it's just a way to take a step towards God and ask him to forgive and move and work. So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus today, you can begin that journey by just repeating simple prayer after me. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. Dear friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, I want to ask you to just slip your hand in the air. Just make eye contact with me. Just to say before God, to say to me, you're going to follow him. You're going to trust him in your life today. God bless you guys. Just slip your hand in the air. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Just reach out to him today. Thank you. Thank you. God, we love you, and I thank you for each one of these individuals just reaching out to you. I pray you'll fill their life with your joy, your peace, your goodness, your grace, your forgiveness. And we thank you for all that you offer us and all that you provide for us. And we come to you and acknowledge our need today. We thank you for your grace. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together for those who made spiritual commitments in their life today. 
I want to ask you to remain seated for just a moment. If you made a spiritual commitment, I want to tell you congratulations. We're thrilled for you. After service, please swing by to our next step area. We'd love to give you a journal called the Follow Him Journal, as well as answer any questions that you may have. Uh, you can also go to central.family if you're watching online and uh, just uh, click the link. I've decided to follow Jesus and we'll get all that information to you electronically as well. Well, Let's put our hands together for our different locations as we close out our experiences. Would you stand together with me?